Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello again. Wow, it's crazy how time flies. It doesn't seem like two weeks since I gave this last podcast, but here I am again. You see, I've been working on renewing a 40-year-old classical guitar, and that's kind of preoccupied me. And frankly, this podcast now is a pleasant welcome break from sanding and varnishing. Now, this is the eighth and final post in the current series. The series, as you know, is The Church Jesus Would Attend. And I want to wrap things up by summarizing a little bit and then dealing briefly with the last three items on my original list of indicators, you know, the responses to the presence of God. Right at the beginning of the series, I I said I would limit myself to the manifest presence of God in our corporate church meetings. Oh yeah, we know that the church, of course, is more than at Sunday gatherings, but these worship services are the focal point of the local church's life. I pose the question, How do we know the Lord is in the house? What are the indicators of His presence? And in response, I identified the following indicators. Reverent and adoring worship. Passionate prayer. Serious attention to biblical preaching. An attitude of faith. Ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. Anointed leadership. And then the last three. Expressions of love an impartation of life and wholeness, and a desire to share the presence of God with others. So over the last four months, I've been writing and podcasting about worship, prayer, preaching, faith, ministry, and leadership. But now as I consider the last three on the list, I appreciate that they don't actually stand alone, but they rather form part of each of the preceding six indicators. So here are the final three. Firstly, expressions of love. Now, Jesus gave love as a defining mark of his church. His best-known statement is in John 13, 34-35, where it records Jesus as saying, A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, I don't want to differentiate here between brotherly love and self-sacrificing love and give the Greek words and all that stuff. But surely it's reasonably obvious that love in one form or another is the binding agent in the corporate gatherings of the church. You see, we worship together because we love God. And we love each other enough to want to join with each other in worshipping the Lord Jesus. Similarly, prayer flows from a love of God. And corporate prayer includes a love for each other, of being of one mind, of contributing to a group expression of prayer. Biblical preaching, from a preacher's perspective certainly, is based on a love for God and His Word, as well as a love for the people, which is strong enough to motivate him or her to the extensive and time-consuming task of preparing and delivering the message. Of the previous six indicators, faith is a little different from the others, 
But we can't separate faith from love. We have faith in the God we love, or we do not have biblical faith at all. Ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit would be just self-serving sham if it did not flow out of a desire to bless others with the gifts of the Spirit and to bring honor to God through that. Lastly, anointed leadership is in its very essence a service of love for God and for His people. And if it does not issue from this, then it is just a disgraceful display of eager and manipulation. Okay, the second of the last three indicators, an impartation of life and wholeness. When we preach, minister or lead, we do this from a desire to impart life and wholeness to others. Once again, if the underlying motive is not this, then it's all just self-serving. Love is the essential source of imparting life. Love of God and love for fellow members of his family. From time to time I teach young preachers on how to preach. And when I do so, I ensure that they understand that the purpose of a sermon is, a, is more than just informing or persuading or motivating an action. In addition to these, the purpose is to impart life to the hearers. A sermon should not simply entertain or educate, it should impart a life-changing message laden with the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. Gosh, I remember so well my first experience of receiving a powerful infilling by and from the Holy Spirit, how for several minutes after this experience I stood with my hands cupped in front of me, like a small child. It, it seemed in my imagination at that moment that God had poured a precious liquid in my hands, and I needed to carry it carefully without spilling any until I could give it to someone in need in the name of Jesus. The third and last indicator in my list is a desire to share the presence of God with others. You see, to love is to want to give, be it to God or others. Love, I think, is best seen in its outward actions. We give money to the church, to family, and to those in need because we care deeply for them. And we surely only give our time and attention freely to things and people we love. Now, the most valuable thing that we have is our eternal relationship with Jesus. So because we care, we seek to share this with others. Oh, you know, in so many church circles, we have tended to regard witnessing and evangelizing as a source of merit for duties performed. And But, you know, if we are driven to speak out the gospel from a sense of religious duty or guilt or desire for recognition by church leaders, then we've missed the point entirely. Surely, we share the gospel because we love who the gospel is all about, Jesus. And we care enough for others to want to share him, share this love with them. So why do we need tracts, tell me? Why do we need methodologies and why on earth do we need training courses on how to share the most precious thing that we have ever received? Now I've focused on what happens in a Sunday service. But obviously, the gathering cannot contain our life in Christ. If it's true life in Christ, 
issuing from the very source of the heart of God, then it needs to be shared outside of the church meetings. So when the final Amen sounds and the worship groups sing one last song, the people who constitute the church spill out into the world. They do so to share their love, their faith and their hope. The Sunday service is when the local family of God comes together to worship, pray, learn, minister and build each other up. Monday through Saturday is when that family, the local church, do what Jesus instructed when he said, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I really do hope you have benefited in some way from the series. I hope too that you will keep watching the space, listening to these podcasts as they unfold. And, and wait for what is yet to come. We might have finished the series, but there's much more that I want to share. You know, better still, just subscribe to the site or subscribe to the podcast. And then you'll be advised every time there's a new episode. Okay, be blessed. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is the word.